Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hello, it's Monday, the 23rd of October. I'm Miranda Sawyer, and I'm a polite and modest midfield genius. Welcome back to Paper Cuts, the modern newspaper review, where we stand on the sidelines like a grumpy football manager and shout tactics at the UK press. Stop trying to break the other side's legs, the mail. VAR is not a woke joke, the Telegraph. Everyone, just pass to the star. They never miss an open goal. The papers don't always listen to us, but you do. And now we're out five days a week, even more of you are enjoying the show. Apparently we're very funny and even laugh out loud. Thank you, Cook Michael 38 We love you too. <laughs> now, here are the headlines for today's show. Suella versus the Met. The Home Secretary is not happy with the way the police have been handling protesters. The press versus our beds. The papers have noticed we're not sleeping very well. And men versus the facts. Men have been fibbing about what they've been up to, but the UK press is onto them. Welcome to Paper Cuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Paper Cuts, where it's a game of two halves and we're sick as a parrot. I'm Miranda Sawyer and with me on the show today is the critic sketch writer and expert in both robots and tabloidies, Robert Hudden. Hello, Rob. Hello. Also with us is comic writer and expert in both TikTok and solving virtual crime, it's Fergus Craig. Hi, Fergus. Hi, guys. So what have we got on the front pages today? Rob, what do we have? I've got the Times, uh, which leads with uh, Suella Braverman takes on the Met chief over jihad protest. I think we're going to be talking about that in a minute. Mm. Um, the Eye is also leading on uh, Suella Braverman. Different story. Uh, home office in turmoil over absurd Rwanda plan. Um, the Guardian has uh, pressure intensifies on Israel to negotiate release of Gaza hostages and a picture of people paying uh, respects to it says it has legend in quotes, Bobby Charlton. I think I think he can. I, I don't think that needs to be. Yeah, no, he was a football legend. I mean, he wasn't obviously a legendary figure. He was real, but yeah. Anyway, um, and uh, the Daily Telegraph is back to um, Braverman challenge to Met over jihad rally chanting and a picture of Maureen Lippman. Okay, Fergus, what do you have? I've got the Daily Mail. Uh, their headline is Suella's fury at Met over jihad chants, which makes it sound like. The Met were doing the jihad chants. <laughs> it does. Uh, Political correctness gone mad. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Uh, uh, the the Daily Star has uh, hair we grow. Uh, apparently, uh, baldies will soon be slap happy as those lovely boffs have finally found the baldness genes. Very good. I mean, they haven't found the solution. They've just found the baldness genes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you who's bald without without doing <laughs> gene analysis. I can, I can go out in the street. And I just... yeah. yep. Very good. You're a boff. And uh, the front page of the Daily Mirror has Brothers Forever. as uh, a picture of Sir Bobby with uh, his brother Jack Charlton and uh, some quotes from Tommy Charlton. Then uh, I've got The Sun. 
and uh, they have probably lots of people have seen the video of uh, a train driver leading an pro-Palestine chant on the tube and uh, they've got the headline unbelievable fury at tube drivers anti-Israel chants over train tannoy. Now, Papercut's favourite, Suella Ella Ella Braverman, is on the front covers of quite a few papers today. The Times and the Mail, amongst others, have headlines saying she's furious over the march to support Palestine that was held on Saturday in London. Rob, what's happening here? It's about chanting, isn't it? It's about chanting. Now, there were two marches in uh, London on Saturday that was sort of pro-Palestine. There was the uh, Stop the War March, which was of the two, the more mainstream one. Um, and then there was also one organised by uh, Hizbut Tahir. Um, uh, and that involved uh, somebody chanting, Jihad, Jihad, Jihad. Uh, and this was obviously filmed, and people want to know why the Met hasn't arrested the people involved. Among the people who want to know this is uh, Suella Braverman, who's the Home Secretary. And the, the short answer is from the Met is, well, that's not illegal, is the bottom line. And why is it not illegal? I will, actually, I've got two questions first. First is, who was, who, you, you said the name, but I don't know who this group was that organised the other rally. Uh, his, but here are a, a, a group so extreme that they are banned in much of Europe. And it's one of these weird things where when people aren't prime minister, they say his, but here ought to be banned um, and then they become prime minister and they don't ban them. Right. So whether that's because MI5 put their arm around your shoulder and say, actually, we, we quite like having them out in the open or what, I don't know. But they are... Quite uh, fundamentalist. They're quite quite fundamentalist. Okay. Yes. And then the second question I have is, why did the police not um, uh, arrest anybody for shouting jihad? Well, this is... Complicated. It's partly because jihad can mean lots of different things. So it means struggle. And you may feel that the man chanting jihad, jihad, jihad uh, to his but here rally means military struggle. But he could mean, and lots of Muslims, when they talk about jihad, are talking about personal inner struggle, the, the sort of the greater struggle to be a better person. And yeah. that is your reasonable doubt. And also, the police were taking live, real-time advice from prosecutors mm. as the protest was going on. So that, so they were basically saying this: this guy is saying to the you know, potential prosecutors, "This guy's saying this," and they're going, "Yeah, you can't get him on that." And Mark Rowley, Sir Mark Rowley, who's head of the Met, knows why. Yes, and he he wrote a report a couple of years ago before he was head of the Met, saying uh, our laws: if you want us to arrest these people, you need to change the law because there is no law under which we can currently arrest them. So that is. When Suella Braverman sits him down and says, what are you up to? I think that's going to be his answer. Yeah, he says, I told you you should have changed the law. Yeah. You didn't change the law. This is what happens. OK. Um, there are other problems that um, that she's facing, isn't there, Fergus? Rwanda is a problem, as the front page of the eye is saying. Yes. Suella's having a bad day. Yes. Suella Braverman. Remember Rwanda? <laughs> uh, I'll give you a little update on that. <laughs> How's it going? Not well. Um, so when a moment sort of reminds me, I'm going to throw you a curveball here. She reminds me of uh, former Arsenal striker Nicholas Bentner. I mean, that's what I always say. That's literally my conversational opener. Yes. <laughs> if, you, if you don't follow football, Nicholas Bentner was, uh, he played for Arsenal for a number of years. He was a talented young striker who wasn't always in the first team. And whenever he was interviewed, he gave a lot of quotes about how he was basically the best striker in the world and should be playing for Real Madrid 
or Barcelona or whoever. But when he actually played, there came a point where at, at some point in time you had to like look at his actual goal scoring record. <laughs> And Suella Braverman sort of presents herself. She's cultivated this image of herself as this tough-talking, no-nonsense, uh, right-wing home secretary. But what are the act? What has she actually achieved? Yeah. Right. I mean, there's the, the conviction rates are incredibly low. Crime is up. Prisons are full, and her flagship uh, immigration policy is—it's fair to say—not going well. Um, it says here that uh, basically the government's plan to deport small boat migrants to Rwanda is falling apart and is a stupid law, according to her own officials. <laughs> Sorry. It's just the fact that it's, there's quotes around stupid law. So they've literally interviewed somebody who says this is stupid. Stupid law. Mm. Yes, it's an absurd scheme that may well not materialise. Even if it wins in the courts, it faces other hurdles. Like, for example, the, the charter airline that they'd got to take the people to Rwanda uh, has pulled out of the deal and they can't find anyone else. Their airline, by the way, is called Privilege Style. <laughs> Many years ago, I worked for a week in a perfume factory which made perfumes for the Eastern European market. And they were all called things like uh, Romantic Love and uh, Hot Dollar. And that sounds like one of their perfumes, Privilege Style. <laughs> It does. Um, and uh, Rob, there's another Suella adjacent story, isn't there really? About, right, so, there's, so there's counter, counterpoint, and I've got the front page of the Times mm. um, today, counterpoint to the eyes, it's all going very badly. The Times says, can I just shock you? Actually, it's going very well. What? Okay. So one of the things that, that causes massive controversy, uh, certainly among MPs in what are now marginal constituencies, is putting uh, migrants in hotels in their patch and they hate it and some of them with with justice because for instance they, they, Andrew Salou a very moderate Tory MP will stand up and say look I've got constituents who's, who've had their weddings cancelled because suddenly the hotel that they booked for the reception has become a migrant reception centre and you can understand that that would be quite upsetting yeah um uh, so the government is to end the use of 100 migrant hotels in marginal constituencies, marvellously. So if you're still in it, I suspect that Slew's seat, which is quite safe, is probably still going to be using them. But um, because they say the numbers are going down, they're dealing with the problem. Um, this, is, this is, as it were, the alternative view, possibly briefed by somebody else in the Home Office. Um, that everything's going well, but it's not going that well. They're only going to stop using the migrant hotels by the end of March and only in the areas that are going to be key election battleground yes. seats. So it's not that brilliant. No, it's well, I, I have to say this is an alternative voice. Ah, okay. And also it's a case of them saying that they're going to do something, which, yes. as we've learned, it's very rarely materialises. The, the, the real sort of Suella drumbeat about all of this is the, the by-elections. Jolly exciting and high, highly amusing by-elections, uh, conser safe Conservative seats falling everywhere. And the debate within the Conservative Party is maybe if we were just a little bit more right-wing, wow. um, people would come back. Alternative views are available on this one. I mean, there's one view that basically I quite subscribe to, which is there is nothing you guys can do. You have, <laughs> you have done everything. You have spent 13 years doing everything. There is, there is, there is just no way back. We're all bored now. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> She's not a serious person, though, is she? None of the sort of Tory right-wingers now just seem like serious people. She's just... If you watch her in PMQs sitting next to Rishi Sunak, just nodding with her, like, furrowed brow, like, oh, yes, very, very serious. She's just playing at it. There is an awful lot of 
uh, positioning for the coming leadership contest. And on the right, it's it's her and Kemi Badenoch. And I have to say, from a sketchwriter's perspective, I, I, either. I mean, both. <laughs> I, I, I don't. It's so hard to choose. Like choosing a favourite child, really. Um, I think they'll both be enormously promising leaders of the opposition for me in my job. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Now, one in three of us has difficulty sleeping and three separate papers have got sleep on their front pages. So at least one of them is having a bad time. The Guardian has a piece called Should You Worry About Being Tired All The Time? Uh, The Eye has The Sleep Remedies That Really Work. And The Mail has So What's It Like To Sleep On A Bed That Costs Half A Million Pounds? Which does kind of show the different personalities of the papers. Anyway, what are they on about, Fergus? What's going on in The Guardian? Uh, yes, the Guardian, as you would imagine, goes into it in a very dull and turgid way. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, you have to uh, distinguish between tiredness and fatigue. Tiredness is cured by getting enough sleep. Fatigue is not, and is typically a marker of underlying health conditions. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, the thing about that piece is it's quite. I mean, we have to be, you know, I mean, you could read it and go to sleep because it's quite boring. Yes. It is quite boring. So maybe that's that's their technique. Um, but the comments section when this went up on, over the weekend was quite amazing. They had to shut the comments off after a while <laughs> because so many people were commenting because they said it might mean an underlying health condition. All the different Guardian readers revealed all their different underlying health conditions. And I'm going to just list them. Just yeah, a few. Yeah, go on. Okay. One is sleep apnea, which is like, fine, we understand mm-hmm. that. One is too much iron in your blood. And this is relieved by, quote, bloodletting. Gross. <laughs> Through, I mean, presumably blood donations, but there you go. Then somebody else no, no, said, no, no, it's too little iron. Then the other ones were long COVID, lupus, hairy cell leukemia, hypothyroidism, ME, teeth grinding, not enough vitamin B12, not enough vitamin D. And one person discovered after 20 years of not being able to sleep, they discovered it was because they'd been hit by lightning. (laughs) There you go. To be fair, I think if I were hit by lightning, I would struggle to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) You'd struggle to drop off, wouldn't you? But the, it's amazing. It's a quite amazing comment section. There's just how bad the Guardian readers have it in That's their life. Problem, and all, and all of them are phoning Fergus to offer him advice. Yeah. That's, <laughs> a, that's... Everyone's got an opinion on it and everyone thinks that their own experience relates to everyone else. But it doesn't. It does not. What about the mail, though? Mail has a well, different solution just for you, Fergus. Ferg. Can I offer you some advice? Yes, please. Have you tried sleeping in a half million pound bed? Not as yet, no. <laughs> right, well, that may be where you're going wrong. The mail, I mean, this is a great, this is a great story the, by Jane Fryer, and she and her husband went to the Langham Hotel in central London to test out the world's most luxurious luxury bed. Um, <clears throat> it's a bespoke 
Hastens bed. I don't know how you pronounce this. Um, <laughs> handmade in the village of Copping, an hour and a half from Stockholm, by a 170-year-old company. Um, <laughs> you can say 170-year-old uh, woman. <laughs> you, you can. You, you don't have to spend half a million quid. I mean, the good news is you can get a bargain basement one, which is a mere fifty thousand pounds. All right. Okay. Um, the half a million pound one. As owned by um, Canadian rapper Drake, a particular favourite of yours. Oh, I love Rively. Drake, really. Um, <laughs> uh, is a three metre by three metre, grand vividus, hand-stitched, hand-crafted, finished with leather, decorated with stingray skin and topped off with gold trimmings, which weighs 500 kilograms. And after you've ordered it, they have to come and conduct a survey of your house. This is to, so... To work out how great. they're going to get it in and whether the ceiling is going to collapse and all sorts of things like that. It takes 15 top workers at the at the factory at least 600 hours to make it. Um, but, but, like, OK, does it work? This is what we really want to know. Does she have a nice sleep on it? Well, her husband did, uh, but he snores, so she didn't. But she said it was very comfortable. I mean, it does. It is a, it's a great read. Well well done, everyone. <laughs> it's, a, it's a nice long piece, puff piece, for those beds. But it, it's just, there's just a small paragraph at the end. Saying, uh, by the way, I didn't fall asleep. <laughs> it, 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 it did, my husband did. He still snores. Yeah, exactly <laughs> so. that. So poor Jane didn't have a great time. As a side note, can I recommend the Langham Hotel? as genuinely my favourite venue in uh, the West End of London for uh, a daytime poo. Right. <laughs> That's handy. And opposite the BBC. Yes, it's yeah. so handy. You just right. walk straight in like you're there. It's, it's such a lovely toilet. <laughs> well, I will keep that in mind. I'm often, I mean, I'm often in that neck of the woods. Yeah, and, yeah, no, what about the eye and sleep? So the eye has like other solutions. Yes, the eye just sort of goes through uh, a lot of the famous remedies, uh, melatonin, lavender, things like lavender. I mean, come on. If you're an actual insomniac, you think, if you'd think something like lavender oil is going to do it for me. Not a chance. Um, passion flower, CBD. I mean, I've tried them all. Horlicks? That's not on the list. The best one I've found lately is to go downstairs and watch the snooker. <laughs> Gee, I mean, Miranda and I have both discovered a sleep solution, which is... Um... It, it hosts paper cuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because you don't get any sleep because you have to write the script really late at night yeah. and then you have to get up early to come in and make sure that the script is okay and do the show. Yeah. So you just have a shortened amount of sleep to get in there. So you find that when you go to bed, you conk straight out. So thanks, paper cuts. Now, as we all know, paper cuts hearts the headlines and we know you heart them too which is why every week we let you design your very own in our Fix the Headline competition. On Friday, we gave you a story from the Daily Star. Apparently, Vladimir Putin has been readying combat dolphins for surveillance operations around Ukraine. The headline, Mad Vlad Sends in Dolphins, which is sort of OK. We knew you could do better, and you did. On Twitter, Bay gave us all intents and porpoises. Very good. Stephen Bowden had a good crack with Crimea Flipper. Excellent. And Ian Thomas tried with From Russia with Blubber. Over on threads, Cakes of Doom had Fission Impossible. But the winner is Rooch84 with Licence to Krill. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Rooch. Send us your address and T-shirt size and you'll soon be swanning about Rooch Towers in a beautiful Paper Cuts T-shirt. What about today? Do we have any good headlines? Right. I'm in the sun. 
Um, there is a story about a miracle pacemaker, um, which is just 10 millimeters long and uh, has been implanted. And the headline is a reference to the size of the thing, heart of rice. Because it's the size of a single grain. Very good. Very nice, heart of rice. And just over the page, this is a lovely story about a guy who won the lottery a decade ago and uh, bought a pool table and has been practising non-stop and is uh, off to um, captain one of the England teams in the uh, European Pool Championships. Just oh, a, that's lovely. It's just a great, just a great <laughs> happy story. And the, um, the headline is, it could be Q. Nice. Somehow wrapping it all up. That's yeah, very good. Yeah. We like that. Well done, The Sun. Okay. So, Fergus, what do you have? Uh, I've got the sun and uh, the weather after Storm Babbitt. Apparently, there's more rain on the way. Things can only get wetter. Ah, very good. Very good. And uh, uh, the Daily Star has uh, a piece on uh, about how Brits don't know much about the cosmos, apparently. Lots of us... Uh, don't know the correct number of planets in the solar system, things like that. The headline is, do you know Uranus from your elbow? Mm. They need to read the star. The star will tell all. Good news, your favourite history nerds are back. Yes, we at We Are History have been trawling the history shelves of our local bookshops. Well, I have, John. You mostly went round finding your books and moving them to the front of the displays. If I can find them, it's a bonus. We are ready to tell you all about what we've learned, from the revolting French to some revolting women. Via some Brits abroad and a foul-mouthed Irishman. So, download We Are History. Our laughable attempt at a silly history podcast. With me, John O'Farrell. And me, Angela Barnes. Wherever you get your podcasts. Now, somewhere between the nightmarish front pages and the frustrating back ones, you can find what some might call the personality of the papers. All the stuff the UK press thinks we should be excited about. Silly trends, unusual holidays, brand new health problems, interesting culture and ballet slippers. In The Times, Rob, there is a story about men. <gasps> men and the fibs that you tell yourselves. What is it about? This is, I mean, this is unarguable. Um... It's a whole spread, and on one side you've got Simon Mills listing all of the uh, all of the lies that men tell themselves, and on the other side you've got Hannah Bet saying, "Please carry on telling me lies." Um, <laughs> <laughs> They're two very funny writers. Yes. It's a nice piece, um, and, and this is inspired by uh, Elon Musk uh, saying that he only eats 0.4 of a donut. Uh, because he can round that down to no donuts. Boy maths. Boy maths. And here are the other ones. Um, uh, I don't drink, uh, which, or I don't drink much, or I only drink within the limit, which is just a just a lie. It's basically, they said that, that one of the things they said, that some of them I think you can predict, and this yeah. is one of them, and the idea is that you don't drink because, like, beer and wine don't count. Yeah, or I, we have Mondays off. And then there's other stuff that you could guess, which is, you know, stuff to do yeah, with so running. Uh, waste, the waistline lie. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here in a shirt that I think it may technically be rated as a slimline one or something that, that the buttons pop if I breathe too hard. Yeah. Um, but there's one really interesting one, I have to say. I circled it because I was quite... It made me laugh. <laughs> this is a... <laughs> This is the celebrity divorce lie, which is that it, a female celebrity uh, you've always fancied, Scarlett Johansson, say, but whom you never had a 
The hope in hell of meeting, never mind dating, suddenly announces her divorce. The whirring cogs of the relationship calculator in a stupid man-fibbing, Sauvignon addled brain tells him that this is great news and a definite win. Scarlett is now single, available, and back on his dating radar. <laughs> This, this really made me laugh because I just thought, okay, that's one I haven't thought of. But also, when we read it out in the office, you agreed with this, Rob. This well, is I, you. I have, a, I have a, a version of this, which is the slight moment of sadness every time a, every time a celebrity marries. And I think, oh, well, I suppose that's, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> it's probably yeah. not going to happen then. <laughs> Our romance is off the agenda. <laughs> I love it. Okay. And there was an interesting story in The Guardian about the late Italian prime minister and convicted fraudster Silvio Berlusconi. Like for once this time, it doesn't involve bunga bunga parties or his hairline. It's about art. What they have discovered is that he has a huge art collection, which sounds great. (laughs) It's stored in a warehouse opposite his house in Milan. It's very organised, set up to display the work rather like a boutique. He's got 25,000 artworks, but... He bought them. <laughs> Where did he buy them, Fergus? QVC. <laughs> so it's just, basically, he bought them all from late night shopping channels in his quest to become a top collector. This is just unbelievable. So, yeah, he would basically not be able to sleep. This is another sleep story. He couldn't sleep. And so he decided he would just keep buying this There's art. a particular theme, including paintings of nude women and the Madonna. Yes. Yeah, so right? which of us has not? <laughs> unable to sleep late at night, uh, got onto a shopping channel and ordered pictures of nudie women. Yeah, it's true. I mean, to be honest, he's, but it's, this is art, though. Please, it's art. It's it's art. art. Right, sorry, he spent yeah. twenty million pounds on this stuff, right? And the person who the person who kind of reported this um, uh, spoke to the Under Secretary at the Culture Ministry, who was a close friend of Berlusconi, and he called all this art as daubs and said the focus seemed to be on quantity rather than quality. I mean, no shit. <laughs> at one point, he bought so much art from one shop that the owner gave Berlusconi um, a three-metre-tall marble statue of himself for his birthday, <laughs> which he then displayed in the warehouse in front of a large self-portrait. What I love about this is the idea that, I mean, it's just it, it, it's awful things that you inherit that are just a pain in the ass. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so all his family have got to get rid of it. Yes, yeah. you know, and they're sitting there on eBay, basically, you know. I £20 think... million pounds must be close to QVC's turnover. <laughs> like, you would have thought that their, their, their share price must have gone down a lot. Upon Do you, you, well, that's the thing. You see, you don't want to put all of these on eBay at once because their value will plummet from, you know, 100 euros a piece to 50 euros a piece. So you've got to sort of salt these 20,000... Pieces yeah. out. It's, it's like money laundering or something, only only with crap art. I mean, I think unfortunately they've just started to destroy them. <laughs> it says they have. They've started to destroy them. They're not putting on the eBay. And the expert says, I don't know if the destruction of those paintings has already started. I do know that at least on an art level, it wouldn't be a crime. I think that could make for a really good museum, <laughs> couldn't it? If you if you had a sort of like QVC Louvre, yeah. Why and here we go have... into the dogs playing poker room. I love those paintings, please. <laughs> and now, Biggles. We just feel like we should mention that the star 
since July has been calling Rishi Sunak Biggles. And we'd like to acknowledge this because, uh, first of all, well done, the star, but also because we need to explain this joke to younger listeners because our a younger person in our office thought that the star was calling uh, Rishi Sunak Biggles because he's little. That's not true, is That's it? That's not true, no. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a reference to one of the greatest um, World War One heroes of our times, Bigglesworth. The uh, World War One pilot, Sopwith Camel pilot, fictional um, pilot, fictional pilot. Right. Well, fictional to you, perhaps real <laughs> in my heart. Right. Um, but Biggles, whose whose stories I, my mother refused to read to me, to be honest, when I was small, yeah, because uh, they were just just too awful, and my children refused to read. But a real, real, it's a reference to the fact that he flies everywhere. Yes, exactly. And what you should be doing is when you say Biggles, is putting your hands round your eyes like they're specks, yeah. like they're so g- goggles, Biggles. That's goggles, what. Biggles. Like. And then you should also put your arms out and go. Mm. There you go. But so, the, the star is doing this, isn't? Aren't they? They're they're giving nicknames to politicians. They've yeah. got um, Boris is bozo, right. which is fair enough. And um, Vlad. Nigel Farage is uh, garage. They're yep. just they're just calling him that with without ever mentioning it. It's a really private eye thing. It's turning into private eye with boobs. I really want to know what's going on at the Daily Star. There's Can someone should... there who is really quite into politics. Yeah, we should either get someone from the Star in here, or we should go into the Star yeah. and investigate. Hello, the Star. We love the Star. And that's the end of today's paper cuts. Thanks to Rob. Thank you. And thanks to Fergus. Thank you. The Sun has a story about the latest shocking celebrity to launch a calendar. But if you want to find out who it is, you'll need to join our supporters club. Ha ha! Remember, we'd love your support so we can continue to bring paper cuts to you every single weekday. There's no media mogul topping up the drinks machine. There's no drinks machine, to be honest. We're entirely independent, so all your contributions are hugely welcome. £3 a month means you get every episode without adverts. If you support us with a little bit more, you can enjoy an exclusive story or two at the end of each episode. Plus, you get the chance to upgrade your life with a gorgeous Papercuts t-shirt and a mug or two. Just follow the show notes to back.papercutshow.com. And our wonderful supporters get a shout-out on the show. Here are some now. Uh, Rob. Happy Monday to Kirsten Scott. Hello, Ruth Keogh, and thank you. (laughs) And thanks and have a lovely week to Richard Roberts. I've been Miranda Sawyer and you've been listening to Paper Cuts on a day when Russell Crowe has been made into chocolate. A life-sized, chalky sculpture of him as Maximus from the Gladiator has been made in Malta. Crowe approves and says, I will be available to eat. See you tomorrow. Paper Cuts was written and presented by Miranda Sawyer with Fergus Craig and Rob Hutton. The producer is Liam Tate with assistance from Adam Wright. Audio producer is me, Robin Lieber. Music by Simon Williams. Socials by Jess Harpin. Designed by Jim Parrott and original art by Modern Toss. Managing editor is Jacob Jarvis. Group editor, Andrew Harrison. And executive producer, Martin Boytosh. Paper Cuts is a Podmasters production. <laughs>